Welcome to Camden Cast. I'm Tanvi. And I'm Erin. And this is our 7th Heaven Podcast. On today's episode of Camden Cast, we will be discussing Season 6, Episode 20 of 7th Heaven. The title uh, is The Known Soldier, and the German title is For Honor and Home Country. The IMDb user synopsis is... Annie discovers Ruthie is writing to a Marine fighting in Afghanistan as part of a school project. The Camden family read what Ruthie has written to her pen pal about their lives and in turn learn about a Marine who so bravely has left his wife and son to fight in the war against terror. When Ruthie fails to get a response email at school and Eric hears about a helicopter going down killing two people, he contacts the colonel. So what was your first impression of this episode? Um... I think this was a very moving episode. Um, it, well, yeah, it was. It was like I think it was really important. I think um, you know this would this would be classified as another issue episode for Seventh Heaven, where they tackle um, the consequences of the war on terror, especially when it hits home. Um, I will say, obviously, that like watching this. I guess what fifteen years later mm-hmm. um, is I, I, is different than probably watching it when it first came out in May two thousand when it first aired on in May two thousand two. Obviously, there were some parts that felt like they were really self serving and a bit over the top, but like the general and like I, I'd say it's like probably the last five minutes of it, I'd want to cut out. I think like uh, it, I think it, I think personally, it should have ended after the service. After right. the memorial. I would agree there. I think everything that happened afterwards was a bit like, I'm patting myself, like they're patting themselves on the back, kind of. So, and I, I, we, I was reading reviews. A lot, of pe- some, a lot of people thought it was a good episode, but also had kind of the same complaints I did. Then there were some people that were like, this was horrible and like trite and stuff. So, obviously, you guys can let us know after we're done with this podcast. Yeah. So, um, we'll start with the cold open. Which begins with, um, okay, I will forever associate this song with this episode, but Ruthie um, singing Tom Petty's I Won't Back Down um, while, like, in front of a video camera and dancing pretty provocatively. Right. Um, This was one of the complaints that, like, most of the reviews had. She's wearing a short skirt, um, and she's kind of, like... Gyrating her hips in a way that, well, when you find out what the video's for... Like, she's sending it, well, away to a Marine, like, these, like, adult men. It's weird that she's making this sort of video to send to to a bunch of grown men. I think from our eyes, it obviously looks really wrong. I think probably from, like, an 11-year-old's head, it doesn't look too wrong. Um, Yeah, it's, and, like, the the cold open kind of pans out with, like, the music playing in the background, and then to a picture of uh, Staff Sergeant Dwight J. Morgan. Um, I will just say... I, this is kind of a bit picky, but like the family doesn't know that she's writing to the staff sergeant, but there is a picture of said staff sergeant in her bedroom. So who did they think that was? was yes, exactly. Uh, but um, so uh, once it pans out to the picture of him, this is also when we get some writing about the episode that says that it's dedicated to him specifically, as well as the rest of the U.S. Marine Corps. Um, and that's the cold open. Yeah, um, so we're going to do this episode a little differently because it really does just focus along this one um, storyline of Staff Sergeant Dwight J. Morgan and how the Camden family is, like, impacted by it um, and the lessons they learn. So um, the first thing we learn is that the Camdens are incredibly selfish and that they are all obsessed with themselves. Yes. And what Ruthie could possibly be writing to the Staff Sergeant um, 
they like insist on knowing what she's been writing about them all. So we have a scene where they're all in Ruthie, Mary and Lucy's room and Ruthie um, reads the beginning of her letter. And she says that she asked everyone in the family what they're grateful for about living in the United States. Um, And then she passes the letter around to each family member for them to read their own section. So first we have the Rev who is thankful for the freedom of religion um, and then we have Annie, who is thankful for, like, the freedom, freedom of education or, like, the no, wait, education isn't a right. Um, the free, anyway, the freedom of education in this country. And then Matt and Sarah are thankful for working and living in the country with the best medical system in the world and the training that they will receive, even though that is not true. True, right. Um, uh, Mary is grateful for the freedom to travel. Oh, just like sidebar here, why isn't Mary back in Buffalo or why isn't Mary working like as a flight attendant? Yeah, it's not the weekend. <laughs> Wasn't she supposed to go back yeah. to Buffalo and maybe like work? It's her first. She just started like a week ago. Go, no. Where? What is she doing? And like, I don't I'm correct me if I'm wrong, any of our listeners, but flight attendants main jobs are being flight attendants. It's not like you don't flight attend. Like, right. is that like you have a shift of flight attending and then a shift of, like, in the office? And later on, Mary and later on, Mary <laughs> makes a reference and she's like, I called Matt from work and I was like, in the sky? <laughs> so, um, or maybe, I guess maybe she was working the desk. But the desk people are the ones that are usually in the plane, too. I don't get it. No, no. Not, not all the time. But usually if it's like a... Fl- it's just like, if it's like cl- close, it depends on if you're doing like close flights, you do like multiple flights a day. Yeah, like, I don't, okay. You, you usually don't have time to just be wandering right. around Glen Oak. I don't know. With, with Lucy. Right. Um, you usually have to go to work or, sometime. And especially if she's based out of Buffalo, all of her flights primarily probably are leaving out of Buffalo. Whatever. Whatever. Um, I just want to say before we continue with Mary, Matt and Sarah are not in the majority of this episode because they are said to be in New York visiting Columbia. Uh, and like get like vis- like trying to figure out what they're gonna do in New York. Uh, Mary's also grateful for, or like I think Ruthie's grateful for Mary, basically in a way that like uh, because people are really afraid to fly during this time, and she's conquering that fear. Um, Lucy is grateful for the fact that in this country she can follow in her father's footsteps and become a minister. Um, Simon, unsurprisingly, is thankful for being able to drive, and that like there are so many great cars available to drive um and robbie of course is thankful for his new family that he has found in the camdens and how like family doesn't you know have to be by blood and you can find a family anywhere you look for one and the twins are grateful they're grateful for something too I can't remember, though. No, she said the, the twins could speak, which they can. They're three years old. Three-year-olds can normally speak, but I don't know why they haven't taken these children to the doctor yet if they're not speaking. Um, but she says that they, they would probably be thankful for being born in the United oh, right. States. right, um, because so, they don't have to, so that they don't have to wait in line at INS. Which or, doesn't exist anymore. Which, or, or sneak across the border. Um, and it's like a very, it's a pretty long scene where you have like this letter being, uh, read out in each like paragraph about what every person is grateful for. It's also like Ruthie's assessment of that person. So she calls Lucy beautiful and kind hearted. She calls Mary brave. She calls her mom, like she tells her, says like her mom is this and her dad is that. And Matt's like, going to be a good healer, like so on and so forth. Um, 
But yeah, it's really sweet. So all the family kind of gets really invested in him. And we learn about uh, Staff Sergeant Dwight uh, J. Morgan in that we learn that he has a wife, Teresa, and a son, Alex, and uh, that his favorite food is enchiladas, and his favorite movie is Top Gun, and um, that he is a helicopter pilot. He's a helicopter mechanic. Mechanic, my sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Um, and so we have a couple of, like, I'm, I'm just going to call them, like, filler scenes of, uh, like, the family members talking about, like, Ruthie doing this and, like, you know how proud they are and like how crazy it is that there are american like soldiers in afghanistan right now and there's one particularly gratuitous scene between Robbie and Simon if yeah. that's where you were going yeah that's what, that's exactly where i was going where i mean you said it while we were watching it it's just totally 100% the most scripted thing you've ever heard in your life and you understand what what they were trying to get across i guess or what they were trying to convey but it just was like i i don't know um like simon is like i'm not willing to go to war if one day if there was no one willing to go to war would war be over like just these kind of you know yeah. do you have anything to say about right, it no I, I the thing i will say the one positive i will say about this is that they mentioned 9-11 by name uh, which I don't think they've done so far. They've just called they it, like... They did, um, after... Okay, to backtrack a little bit. After they read the letter, um, Ruthie asks the whole family to pray for Staff Sergeant Dwight J. Morgan. And um, the Rev prays for everyone, and then he says, and for the victims of, not, like, September 11th and their friends and family, let's pray for them. And then it comes up again. So, yeah, this is the first episode where they mention it. Yeah, I feel like we've had episodes before where they call it the incident or the event or something like something. Or just like, oh, what happened? happened you know, right. the thing that happened. Um, which I this is probably the one thing I don't like about Seventh Heaven is that they don't use the words for things. Like they don't like call racism. sex. Yeah, sex or racism or condoms. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad that they called 9-11 like 9-11. Um, and it was interesting that they had this back and forth, even though it was clearly like unnatural how they did this with like. As you said, Simon being like, before I didn't believe that war was a good thing, but then 9-11 happened. So we were seeing, like, contrasting points of views. Um, but they did... But and, and they go on and, like, you know, they're like, oh, pe they say that they feel like people have already forgotten. Right. Um, because, I don't know, like, immediately after 9-11, there was a lot of, like, I don't know, the sentiment. Everyone talks about how, like, the mood in the country changed and people were just, like, nicer to one another and... Uh, etc. And the country came together. I also feel like we have a different point of view. So, be, like, because both of us are we're in and around the area. Like, we're both from around New York. And um, I'm from New York. You're from New York. I'm <laughs> from not New York, but around New York. But like it, like I think it hit New York obviously differently than it hit the rest of the country. So it'd be interesting to hear from you guys, like how you felt um, outside of New York. But yeah, so it was like because, but their 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 opinion was ba like based on the Californian outlook. Yeah, so they say like it already. It's only been a few months, and it seems like people have already forgotten. Um, and they're like, but what about the people in New York? They can't forget. Because um, you know, we look up in the sky, and it's no longer there. Um, I th and then they start talking about how the people in D.C. can't forget because they have like because of the Pentagon, and then they like. Just call out to United ninety three because they like they're like oh they get forgotten about too, 
Um, I just I want to say that it was it would have been good if it like was acted well and if it like was done naturally because it was a nice back and forth and I could have like even believed it to be because the, the information they were giving the conversation it, like they were having it was valid and it like was giving us good information and was entertaining but because it was so badly acted and so very like somebody reading from a script I couldn't really like get behind it. Um, we forgot to mention one major thing that happened in that letter reading scene, which was that we find out that the that the staff sergeant has not replied to Ruthie. Like, he was supposed to be sending an email that morning, and she hadn't gotten an email, which kind of sends up some red flags for the Rev and everybody else in the family. So the Rev calls the colonel, because the Rev... <laughs> because the colonel has powers. Yeah. Um, to find out if they can get some information. And the following day is when the news picks up a story about a helicopter crash in Afghanistan. And uh, I think... And Simon runs into that house after school and announces it, not even thinking, like, obviously, the Rev already knew about this helicopter crash, I believe, mm-hmm. because the colonel tells him. So they decide they're not, you know, the, the Rev and Annie say, we shouldn't tell Ruthie until we know one way or the other. Um, so... Uh, Simon comes in from school and he's like, did you see the news? I just read about this helicopter crash um, in Afghanistan. So It kind of goes over Ruthie's head, though. She's like, well, I'm glad that my staff sergeant is okay. Right, because she gets a paper, like she gets a letter in the snail mail, um, and she thinks, she's like, oh, great, he's okay. Um, I got this letter today, so everything must be fine. Um, Which, she's 11, she should be a little bit smarter and know... Um, how mail works. Right. Um, this is when later on that evening, the doorbell rings. And it's the colonel. And the colonel has flown all the way from Buffalo. To Where deliver- Mary should be yes. working. <laughs> to deliver the news. Now, I had problems with this. Mostly because that's ridiculous. If you got news, which would have been like, he, got, he must have gotten news like in the morning. Because then he had to catch a flight and then come over there. Like, he spent, like, wasted however many hours of the day flying when he could have given the news way earlier in the day. But, you know, they had to make use of paying this actor to be on this on the show for, like, longer than the one telephone scene. And we have a very heartfelt scene between the colonel and Ruthie where Ruthie learns that uh, Staff Sergeant Dwight J. Morgan is uh, dead. And yeah, it, it's... Um, it's if- it's a tough scene. Yeah. I but mean, I think it was done really well. I think the colonel does a good... Like, job of, like... A good job of, exp- like... Because Ruthie is... I don't want to say, like... Conf- conf- she looks confused. Yeah, she looked confused. Um, but... Um, well, she's, like... She doesn't know how to react. She, like, is kind of like, why is he dead? I didn't want him... Like, I don't... I didn't want this. Um, you know, she's in shock, I guess is the best way to say it. Mm-hmm. And the colonel does a really good job of explaining that, like, as Marine, this is, you know, this is... See, I don't want to call back to what recently happened this year with our president saying, like, this is what right. people in the military sign up for because it isn't. But um, the colonel kind of puts a spin on it where he's like, he died with honor. He He died because he was standing up for things that he really, like, the freedoms and things that he valued so much and that, I don't know, I guess the the whole dying with honor thing is supposed to kind of take the sting out of it um, because this was, 
you know, like what, what... I mean, losing I a know. life is losing a life no matter what. Right. Um, but to try to, like, soften the blow, yeah. um, the colonel kind of puts this spin on it and said, like, you know, he died honorably and, I, I don't know, a hero um, doing what he wanted to do. Right. We learned that um, not only was the staff sergeant a Marine, but he was also a member of the Flying Tigers, which um, is, like, a very prestigious, like, uh, Air, group, uh, yep. airman group. I don't, we don't really know. Um, so, yeah. And uh, so this is when Ruthie decides that she would like to have a memorial specifically for a Staff Sergeant Dwight J. Morgan, and uh, the Rev organizes that in a day and even gets um, uh, the staff sergeant's uh, wife and son there. I don't know if we've mentioned that this is based on a real person, that this is a real person. Right. Yeah, I don't think we have. So, yes, Sergeant Dwight J. Morgan was a real um, Marine who was killed in Afghanistan. Um, and I believe in this exact, you know, um, he, he, I believe that all of this is true. Every All the facts they give about his life. He was a helicopter mechanic, and um, this was how he died. <laughs> and um, his real-life wife and son um, are at this memorial service within the show. We found out that his wife is actually pregnant with their second child, who um, is a son who was born July 1st, 2002. Although in the show they erroneously say that it is going to be a daughter. Yeah. Uh, the memorial service includes the national anthem being sung by C.C. Winnens, who is a Grammy winner, um, and uh, we have everybody in very patriotic clothes, either with like the American flag or the American flag colors, um, and some a prayer led by the Reverend, as well as a prayer led by uh, Ruthie, I believe. So the prayer led by the Rev, I believe, is the one that asks everyone yeah. to do something um, like in honor of... of Staff Sergeant Dwight J. Morgan. So this is where you think the episode should have ended. Yes, I agree. I think that's um, And I think so as well, because what happens after is we see this kind of very gratuitous, um, these gratuitous scenes of the Camdens doing things in honor of Staff Sergeant Dwight J. Morgan. But so first we see Annie. She's taking the twins over to see Mrs. Bink because Mrs. Bink ha- hasn't seen the twins in a while. And it'll, she, she, you know, I guess we... She's getting older, and she probably doesn't see that many people, so, like, it's just, like, to go keep Mrs. Bink company, um, which is, like, sort I, I don't know, not entirely self-serving, but, like, oh, I need to take the, the twins to go, like, I need to go show off my kids to Mrs. Bink. Um, Simon goes to the bank to get a money order to uh, send money to the Flying Tigers organization, um, or memorial, and, uh... So that is more... I think that's better. Yeah. Uh, then we have Robbie, who buys... Uh, Amer- like, those American flags that people put on their cars right after 9-11. And, I mean, some people still have them on, but um, they're definitely not as prevalent. And he's, like, handing them... Oh, wait. Oh, never mind. He does, he does two things. <laughs> yeah. I realized they jumped the gun. Well, that's the, fir- that's the yeah. second thing he does. Well, the first thing he does, he buys breakfast for one of the recruitment officers at the Marines office in Glen Oak. 
um, and gives that to the Marine. And then, as Aaron said, he takes the flags. He's giving flags out for free, and he runs into a form... Um, he runs into the actor... Well, I don't know who, what like the guy's name is in the show, but it's Ernest um, Borgnine, Borgnine, and he's like an actual Navy veteran and also an Oscar winner, and he plays a Navy veteran on the show. And this is the same guy who cut Robbie well, off. Yeah, we didn't talk about this, but or did we? No, we didn't. But we yeah. just mentioned that like we uh, earlier, as we said, when, Sim- yeah, when when Simon and uh, Robbie are having the conversation about how people aren't as nice as they were in the immediate. Aftermath of 9-11, Robbie's like, oh, this guy with, like, all these American flags on his car cut me off the other day and then gave me the middle finger. So this guy that Robbie ends up giving all these American flags to... Is that guy. Is that guy. Um, and then he apologizes for it. Yeah. Which, you know, it's 7th Heaven. Um, we have the Rev giving his shoes to a homeless man. Um, and Ruthie... Well, we have Mary and Lucy oh, and good. Sarah and Matt. Go uh, and lay flowers. Um, at, at the graves. At, yeah. Um, and then we have Ruthie doing another rendition of I Won't Back Down. Yeah. But all of this, after every single, like, thing that happens, after every single, like, do something in honor of Staff Sergeant Dwight J. Gordon, Morgan, Morgan. Morgan I'm sorry, I'm sorry, um, is that they all look up to the sky and say, thank you, Staff Sergeant Dwight J. Morgan. Right, and it doesn't really seem to fit. Um, just one quick thing that we didn't talk about in the beginning. Um, obviously, the name of this episode is The Known Soldier. We believe that this is a reference er, to the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, which is at Arlington Ceremony uh, Cemetery, Arlington Cemetery, which is there, which actually has the remains of an unknown soldier, but is there also as like a memorial and monument to um, unidentified American soldiers. Um, you know, the unidentified remains of, of American soldiers. So um, the Rev kind of says in his little um, prayer service that he was like, oh, Dwight J. Morgan to us is the known soldier. So um, anyway, that's what that's all about, just so, so you know. So I think overall the intentions of this episode and the general message of this episode episode was really, really good. It was obviously needed during time. I think it's also interesting to come revisit it after so many years. Um, but I will say that some of the execution was done poorly. For example, like we mentioned, Ruthie dancing, um, that the entire, like we said, the last, the last scene where everybody's doing something. And then thanking Dwight J. Morgan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we'd love to know what you think. We realize that this is kind of like a, it could be a potentially polarizing episode. So did you like it? Did you dislike it? What did you like? What did you not, what didn't you like? Um, but before we do that... What, what are you going to rate it? Oh, I was going to ask you what you were uh, going to rate it. Well, I think all in all it was done, I don't know, as it's not that polarizing in the way that they did it, so they that means they did a good job. Right, right. Um, they kind of tread lightly around um, I think the, whole thing the was, issues that might yeah. um, get them in trouble. So I'm going to give it a 4.5. I'm going to give it a 5. Ooh. Yeah, I'm going to give this one a 5. Um... So we'd love to hear from you. You can email us, camdencast at gmail.com, or leave us comments or messages on Twitter and Instagram, that's at camdencastshow, or on Facebook, which is just camdencast. We uh, will give you new episodes every Wednesday and Saturday, uh, or you can just listen anytime you'd like, um, on the Apple iTunes podcast app, on soundcloud.com slash camdencast, or on Stitcher. 
I'm Tandy. I'm Erin. This is Camdencast. <laughs>